This author was a Democratic candidate for the United States Senate in Montana in 1982 and served in Al Gore's 2000 presidential campaign. Uh, he headed up the Colorado business leaders for Gore, and uh, he was a spokesman in several western states uh, for Gore, um, mainly focusing on his environmental position. Well, today I'm here with uh, Mike Bond. Uh, Mike Bond is a uh, uh, pretty darn good thriller writer, and uh, of course this is Greg Grasso with Chapter One. How are you, Mike? I'm doing great, Greg. Thank you very much for inviting me on the show. Absolutely, absolutely. Um, okay, well, listen, you have, um, you've got, uh, what, four or five books under your belt, don't you? Yeah, yeah, five, five published so far and about uh, three more ready to go. Oh, fantastic. Um, yeah. Well, I had never picked you up until this year, Mike, um, and uh, this, this book, um, uh, actually you were suggested to me by your agent and uh, – I got a pre-copy of House of Jaguar, which is what uh, we're going to talk about today. And um, I'm reading one of these. Uh, I'm reading one of these quotes in the front of the book, and it says, "You've got a, uh, you've got a knack for grabbing the reader from the first page." And I got to tell you, um, they're right. <laughs> well, thank you. Well, thank you're... you. That's that's great. Thank you. Yeah. Well, you're a very descriptive writer, and. Um, mm-hmm. Uh, I like the way you started out your book, you know, the mosquito mm-hmm. hovered, settled on his cheek, the s- soldier raised a hand and squashed it. <laughs> I love it. That yeah. kind of, that to me draws, uh, uh, builds little pictures is, and that's what I have to have when I read a book. So you, you, uh, you were very successful. <laughs> well, thank you. Thank you. Maybe I had an Idaho mosquito in mind, even though the book was in Guatemala. But, yeah, uh... <laughs> could be, <laughs> could be. Of course, I haven't seen a mosquito in oh maybe one in ten years. Um, really? Yeah, I swear. Yep, 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 yep. Wow. I just uh, I just don't see them. Uh, mm. Of course, I'm not out in the woods uh, hiking around like you are. But uh, yeah. Anyway. <laughs> well, I, I I have many many mosquito memories from Idaho, uh, from from the Sawtooths and uh, all over the place, and up in the Frank Church and on the Salmon River, and yeah. maybe all the mosquitoes have been coming after me and leaving you alone. I think that oh. must be it. Well, maybe, maybe you yeah. sound you sound like you're from the east. Where are you from, Mike? I grew up in Maine. Oh, okay. There you go. I yeah. grew up I grew up in yeah. Connecticut, and I I knew did you, you were. Yes, I did, sir. Ah, we're about in Connecticut. Well, I was born in Stamford, Connecticut. My father was. Mm-hmm. My father had a uh, construction company. He built uh, post World War II homes around the Stamford, uh-huh. Connecticut area. And then, uh, when I was, uh, I think, third grade, we moved to a little town called Ridgefield, Connecticut, mm-hmm. which is below Danbury. Uh, oh yeah. It okay. Borders yeah. borders New York State, yep. and uh, I left in '73. Went in the service and never never went back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, What happened to me? Well, I'd kind of wandered all over the world, and rather than going back to Maine, I, I, I went to Montana, uh, and uh, that was much more like the Maine I had grown up with in terms of the wilderness, and uh, and so that part of the country, this whole part of the country where you are, uh, is just wonderful. It really is. Open spaces are fantastic. I I think there's a book uh, somewhere out there about. about the uh, mountains and uh, uh, 
what what could happen in Idaho and some of these mountains, especially the Sawtooths, and mm-hmm. you can get lost up there, boy. I tell you. Oh yeah. Yep. Be, it'd be yep. a great place to hide a body, wouldn't it, Mike? <laughs> <laughs> I can't imagine anybody want to do that, Greg. <laughs> well, I don't know. I don't know what's in your head. You, House of Jaguar is a pretty darn good book, so we're going to find yeah. out. Um, Thank you. Why don't Why don't you, we spend a minute or two uh, or a few minutes and you give our audience a thumbnail sketch of House of Jaguar? Well, that's that's. it's a bit complicated, but I'll do a thumbnail. Yeah. Um, I had been a, a human rights and war correspondent uh, down in Central America and was living in, in Guatemala and and spent a lot of time wandering. Uh, it was very dangerous, so I kind of had to keep going on the move. But I spent a lot of time with, with every uh, group of people involved in the horrible tragedies that took place in Guatemala over the years, the military dictatorship. And, and I, I had been doing a lot of writing, Greg, for various U.S. newspapers and on the subject, but I felt that writing a novel that would kind of bring the reader right into the middle of it uh, might be a more effective way of trying to expose the situation. And and so basically I wrote a, a novel about a Vietnam vet who uh, ends up in strange circumstances in Guatemala and is injured and uh, becomes uh, hunted by the death squads, which were very prominent, as well as the Army and the CIA, and at the same time falls in love with a beautiful Guatemalan doctor who is trying also to uh, stop the government killings of peasants. So that was kind of the bare bones of what uh, turned into the novel, Greg. And and yet everywhere, I think I said somewhere, everywhere in in that novel, I've been to and seen, and everything in it is true. So even though I write it as a novel, it's a novel about a true situation. Hmm. Was the main character Joe Murphy, was he a real guy? Uh, He's a composite of several people because uh, as a – I have to say that I lived also in Belize, and then I would go from Belize uh, into Guatemala illegally – to avoid getting shot because they were shooting journalists uh, whenever they could find one. Um, And Belize was a major uh, hub of marijuana shipments to the United States, some which were flown by the CIA, some were flown (laughs) by other people. And and so he's he's a couple of different uh, drug pilots uh, put into one. Wow. Wow. Yeah, crazy. Where did you you get the info to craft Joe Murphy? uh, you, you were a war correspondent. You've worked with military groups, um, I suspect. Mm-hmm. Um, so how did you craft the character? Um, well, from, um, from as you say, from experiences that happened to friends of mine in, in Vietnam, okay. uh, which is where he, that was his kind of trial by fire, his attempt in Vietnam, mm. as he, he, was a, he was a medevac pilot. Mm. And, uh, and his his uh, his attempt to live a good life in the middle of war and to do no harm mm-hmm. or to do no harm to to innocent people mm-hmm. uh, of course made him uh, got him in serious trouble consistently with the army mm-hmm. and uh, but he was amazingly courage courageous uh, mm-hmm. as as so many of our guys have been uh, through how many wars um, Absolutely. and it, it it came a lot from my own experience and a lot from mm-hmm. the experience of my friends. Mm-hmm. 
the creation of the character. When I read the um, uh, synopsis, I guess, of House of Jaguar, uh, um, it brought me right in because um, uh, I went I went in the service in '73. And mm-hmm. ended, ended up on a little island in the uh, Indian Ocean called Diego Garcia. <laughs> oh, I know it. I yeah, know it. Yeah, little spy spy station out there. Uh, we used to yep. watch the Russian trawlers on the horizon. They'd glass us, and we'd glass them. <laughs> um, uh, <laughs> but 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 what what threw me into your book immediately was the chopper pilot and the Vietnam uh, connection because my uh, uh, uncle. Frank mm-hmm. Mar- Frank Mariano. He he did six tours in Nam. He was a chopper pilot, and um, he ended up falling in love with a Vietnamese gal, marrying her. Um, he, like I said, he did six tours. He was shot That's down amazing. many times. Uh, Purple Hearts, blah blah blah. Um, and uh, I remember when he used to come home uh, during the uh, late sixties. Um, and and talk to us when he was on leave. Um, mm-hmm. You know, the question was, well, why are you doing this, Uncle Frank? You know, and he said because these people need it. They need the help. Mm-hmm. And, and he loved the Vietnamese people, and that's why he stayed for so long. So that that connection brought me right in. And there's there's a lot of there's a lot of uh, twists and turns in this novel. Um, and it is it is a story of courage, and it is a story mm-hmm. of uh, commitment. Um, well, what, uh, you know, um, the Guatemalan Civil War, that's been going on, what, since the 50s? Yeah, it, it, well, basically, you can go back as far as to when, uh, when it was first colonized by the United States. Mm-hmm. And, and uh, basically, what had happened by 1954 is that United Fruit Company, which is now Chiquita Brands International, mm-hmm. uh, had, had taken over 42% of the land in Guatemala, and, and this had put a lot of peasants right out of their homes. And um, so there started to be a, a, a response against this. You know, I mean, isn't there some way we can control how much land United Fruit takes? And hmm. there, was a, there had been two democratically, uh, the first two democratically uh, elected uh, presidents of Guatemala had, had moved in the direction of uh, trying to keep United Fruit from taking over more land. They weren't using the land. They were only using 8% of the land they took over. Um, but in, in 1954, the second of these presidents, Je- Jacobo Arbenz, uh, was uh, forcibly removed by the, with the Eisenhower administration and the CIA at the request of United Fruit uh, because of the fact that uh, he was trying to reclaim some of these lands that had been taken over. And that started a whole series of U.S.-backed military dictatorships that uh, ran right through the 1980s. And each of these dictatorships kind of competed with all the others in being the most brutal and uh, atrociously uh, genocidal. And by the end of the 1980s, uh, these series of dictatorships, all backed by the U.S., had killed over 200,000 people and disappeared another 40,000 people just disappeared them, so they vanished. You know, they're buried somewhere, and they're in the ocean, but you never know where they are, and tortured another 20,000 people to death in government prisons. And so that was the real background for the, for the story, Greg. It came, it came out of that, and it was, it's the horror, 
horrible injustice of what was being done and was being done at the same time also even almost worse in El Salvador and had been done before in Chile and Argentina, the whole Pinochet uh, thing in Chile, which was U.S.-backed. So basically uh, this this whole long struggle of the people uh, against the government is the backdrop of, of my book. And, and in addition to all the people killed, two million people were, were chased from their homes by the army. It, it was a it was a very, very bad time. Uh, yeah, th- this um, this story reminds me of the uh, the Hutu and Tutsi uh, uh, yep. uh, conflict. Um, the, these yep. people are, you know, uh, I, I talked to a lot of authors, Mike, um, uh, guys like Baldacci, who's mm-hmm. got connections, you know, with the agencies, and and it. Uh, I remember death squads. I remember hearing about them uh, mm-hmm. in, in the eighties, of course, and uh, uh, just absolutely horrific. And yes, I was gonna, I was going to uh, uh, kind of marry this with a genocide. Uh, this this mm-hmm. stuff has happened throughout history, and uh, I I don't get it. You know, um, <laughs> I just I just don't get it. I I heard uh, stories like uh, these. These uh, death gods would actually just walk into villages and just pick out kids, people, and just kill them and just yeah, oh yeah. I mean, yeah, there well, there were over two hundred villages that were basically wiped off the map, and and uh, sometimes it would take three days. They, uh, there was a village called Aguateca that they they came into and and shot all the men mm. and for two to three days continually raped all the women while they mm. at the same time uh killing the children in front of the women and then finally killed all the women 250 people mm. um and this happened on a consistent basis just on a consistent basis and and it basically they they went after everybody as well who who had had any education anybody who was a teacher or a doctor or a nun uh, a, a priest uh, a yeah. nurse a yeah. journalist anybody like that was selected for their for killing and as, as I said in one of the things I wrote about in, in the book uh, I had a friend a doctor uh, Jeneth Myra was her name Mm. and a uh, remarkable doctor. And she walked out of an ice cream store one day with her two daughters, and mm. a death squad grabbed her, threw her in a van, drove two blocks, cut her throat, and left her in the street to oh. die. Oh my God. And this happened 50 times a day, every day, day in, day out. So it was a, a terrifying time to be there, but as a journalist, you felt you just had to be there. Somebody had to tell the story, or it would go on without people knowing. Absolutely. Absolutely. That's why... You do it, you know. Yeah, Did, which is in a sense the same reason why your uncle, in, from his viewpoint, was in Vietnam. That's true. Because it had to be done. Yeah, that, in, in his view. Yeah. That's neat. Um, I interviewed. Uh, I interviewed a uh, uh, well, John Lanois. John Lanois. John Lanois mm-hmm. was a, a, a journalist, a very well-known journalist. I interviewed mm-hmm. his son Chris uh, a few months ago, and. Uh, um, I asked John, I said, uh, I mean, I asked Chris about his, his dad, John, you know, why, why the hell would your father even do something like this? So mm-hmm. the question to you is, why the hell would you even do something like this? What, what drove you? Was it the, was it the humanistic ap- approach or was it, was it something inside you that, uh, 
you know, I don't know how you live. Uh, you like living on the edge. You like living uh, uh, in this kind of scenario, or why'd you do it? Yeah, that's a really good question and one that I probably will never fully know the answer to, Greg. But okay. I, I do do end up in war zones all the time, mm-hmm. and uh, mm-hmm. whether it's the Middle East uh, or ivory poaching in Africa, where we actually end up in firefights with the poachers. Uh, mm-hmm. Or Guatemala, or the Sinai—you name it—I've been—I've been in a lot of them. And uh, I think a, the major thing that drives me is—is is that this has got to be told about. This the has story. got to be. The this story. story has got mm-hmm. to get out, or it won't stop. And and I do know that I do know that uh, talking about it consistently can help to to change things. And even with House of Jaguar, my my. Many, many newspaper stories uh, when I finally got out of Guatemala alive um, did help to change uh, the situation in Guatemala. I mean, I, maybe 1%, you know, you never know. Yeah. But everybody just got to keep doing what you got to do. And, yeah. and yeah, I do have, I do have a very high uh, level of, enjoy, of, of risk tolerance, if you wish. Mm-hmm. A, lot of, a lot of mountain climbing, a lot of cave exploring, a lot mm-hmm. of other... I'm always headed off somewhere in the desert of Africa, and I don't even know where I'm going. You know, just going to look. And can I carry but, your bags? <laughs> <laughs> this sounds like what I want to do, man. <laughs> oh, well, I'm you serious. should. You know, just it's and even where you live. I mean, I even do that. The Frank Church uh, River of No Return yeah. wilderness. My God, you can go in there and and just never, never find your way out. It's a as you said earlier, I think. Uh, but, yeah, it's mostly, I think, to put my finger right on it, Greg, it's mostly yeah. uh, having to get the story out. In the case of Guatemala, I I was going back and forth swimming the Rio Dulce, which means freshwater river, hmm. uh, into from Belize across into Guatemala because they were literally shooting every journalist they get their hands on. They killed over 150 journalists. Uh, and at one point, I was the only foreign journalist in Guatemala. And they were after your head. They, what? They were after your head. Oh, they were. They totally were after me, and they just couldn't. One time I had to go down to the the ocean on the Pacific side and hide out uh, down there in a series of little villages. I hid out in various places in the mountains. and uh, But I got my stories done, and, and uh, mm. I used to, I think I may have mentioned in the book, I used to sleep in cast iron bathtubs when I could because often the death squads would just shoot through the door and uh, the cast iron bathtub could stop most bullets. So it was a spooky time and and I I was very lucky to get out alive and I probably wouldn't do it again now. Yeah, I probably would. Yeah, you would. would. Yeah, you would. would. Well, um, you you mentioned the Frank Church... uh, 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 area in, in Idaho. Um, uh, you mentioned Idaho a couple times. What's uh, what's your connection with Idaho, Mike? Well, it, it goes way back to when I was young and spending a lot of time climbing in mountains and, and, and going places where you, you could just vanish into the wilderness. And so I spent a lot of time in Idaho there and, and also worked for the Forest Service uh, up, up in the Sawtooth, which is really fun. And my wife grew up on ranger stations in, in Idaho, you know, no power, <laughs> two weeks uh, two weeks from anywhere, so to speak. But uh, And then we lived for a long time in Montana, so it, I was always, uh, as, a, as a bow hunter, I would, you know, 
sometimes wander over by accident from Montana into Idaho. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's just a, Idaho is just a lovely place. And, and uh, I'm now, and I've been very much also, uh, Greg, involved in in, in wolves. Uh, I helped to write uh, some wolf management plans, including the Colorado Wolf Management Plan. And I've studied wolves for years. And so mm-hmm. Idaho right now is uh, a very distressing place because of the savagery with which it is exterminating its wolves. Uh, all due to the uh, to Governor Otter and yeah. uh, a, yeah. a lot of the uh, Republicans in the House, yeah. uh, the State House. And it's, I mean, the, 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 to have brought these wolves back from extinction uh, and now, mm-hmm. well, basically due to the Obama administration refusing to protect them, mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. and then to slaughter them all just seems like such a tragedy. And, and all of the lies that go out, because I intensively studied the relationship between elk and, and uh, as an elk hunter, between elk and wolves, and they the wolves move the elk around a lot, but they really don't diminish the populations, and their predations upon livestock is extremely limited. Uh, it's funny that more sheep in Idaho die of drowning mm. because they stand out in the rain and they get so uh, wet they fall over and they're they drown stupid, Mike. <laughs> <laughs> they're stupid. I've ran yes. I've ran into bighorn sheep out here on the salmon. It's like, what are you doing in front of me? Uh-huh. Get yeah. out of here. <laughs> yeah, yeah. They're stupid. The brain cells are quite limited, Greg. But, yeah. Uh, yeah. But. More of them, more sheep in Idaho die of drowning in rainstorms than than are predated upon by wolves. Oh, which, man. Uh, so you, it, it's funny in Frank Church. You know, we mentioned Frank Church was one of the great liberal leaders of the United States. And yes. Speaking of Vietnam, was one of the first to say, "Okay, Vietnam, we have to stop," and uh, and you don't get that kind of representation in Idaho anymore. I don't know why it's yeah. changed. Well, I worked at uh, the university here for a few years. I left them in '00, and um, uh, we had an annual Frank Church Symposium every every Did year. You really? Yes, sir. Yeah. Yes, sir. Right yeah. on campus. I re- remember that absolutely clearly. Yeah. He was a marvelous man, and there were other yeah. fine Idaho oh, politicians as well. So, oh sure. But that's my my link with Idaho goes deep, and I love the Salmon River too. So anybody, yeah. and we, I also have family in Boise. So, oh, you um, do. Oh. Yeah, so wow. it's a, it's a wonderful place, Idaho. You guys got to take good care of it and stop yeah. shooting your wolves. That's my take on it. Well, I've been watching the reintro- reintroduction of wolves into West Yellowstone over the past few years, and um, actually, there's a there's a new study uh, uh, through one of the History Channels or something that I was viewing mm-hmm. uh, recently that uh, um, it was pro pro. Uh, Wolf, um, mm-hmm. I, 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 I really think you know uh, uh, animals. Animals can teach us a lot. We just don't pay attention. Um, uh, these, you know, the wolf is what top of the top of the predator uh, mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. hierarchy, and uh, they're absolutely needed. You know, um, when you when you mm-hmm. look at when you look at animals on on Earth, uh, there's got to be some reason why we've got these animals. And if you look at the cycle of life and uh, uh, the food chain, it, it makes sense. Uh, you, yeah, there's even a marvelous little uh, video out there on YouTube. It says, uh, it's called How Wolves Change Rivers. Mm. And and how they do is uh, when you have, and it's, it's taken in West Yellowstone, and when you have a situation where you don't have a top predator, as you, you just mentioned, Greg, mm. then the elk and to a lesser extent the deer, 
tend to congregate in the river bottoms. They tend to eat all the willows and cottonwoods and, mm-hmm. and basically take away all the cover of a river. Mm-hmm. And when the wolves are introduced, the wolves, it's the, the elk are too smart to stay down there where they can easily be surrounded and cornered by wolves. So they, they head up into the higher country a little bit. And as a consequence of that, the willows come back, the, uh, the cottonwoods come back, the beavers come back and start building dams, which creates trout pools, which brings back all of the trout as well as all the songbirds. The, the, the impact on West Yellowstone, uh, or, or in the Yellowstone National Park, from the reintroduction of wolves was basically this, the, the complete returning to a healthy cycle of all the riverways. And uh, However, since uh, Obama has become president, and I worked my tail off for Obama to get him to be president, but uh, since he's become president, over half of the wolves in Yellowstone National Park have been shot, mm-hmm. as well as most of the wolves outside it. Mm-hmm. So it's, mm-hmm. a, it's, a, it's a pretty tragic situation now. And uh, Well, Mike, and- I don't know why the hell you, you did any work for Obama. I mean, you clearly state in, um, in uh, well, I'm, uh, your, your agent states uh, this little uh, uh, writing uh, – Rewrite um, a synopsis of your book that uh, mm-hmm. uh, in Guatemala the uh, these were uh, these were dictatorships that were backed by the U.S. government <laughs> and so so it's like I always ask this question it's like when are we going to ever learn you know we we we, yeah. we arm we arm these people we get them in power <laughs> they're our buddies for a year or two and then they turn tail on us you know it's like oh yeah when are we going to learn. <laughs> It's, it's crazy, and in Guatemala, what happened is the killings, the genocide, got so back bad that that President Carter stopped all weapon shipments to to Guatemala yeah. and to the to the military dictatorship. So what happens after Ronald Reagan takes office, yeah. and then we've got Ali North and all of these other crazies yeah. that worked in the Reagan administration. They start shipping the weapons through so that I had friends who were tortured by U.S. field telephones. You know, that's how you do uh, electric torture. I've had that training in the service. I'm sure. And it it was all supplied by the good old U.S. Army. And I don't know whether we're getting smarter, as you said, Greg, about (sighs) about this or not. to return to one of my other books, which just came out, The Last Savannah, which is about elephant poaching in Africa, yeah. a lot of the elephants are poached by uh, uh, military and small countries over there, which have been supplied the weapons to kill the elephants by uh, the U.S. Defense Department. Oh, so there you go. I mean, everything seems to go around in circle, and the snake is biting its tail. But <laughs> we do have to clean up our act in terms of what we what we uh, under, under, underpin and what we support in foreign countries. I think so. I actually, boy, Mike, uh, I'll, I'll put you on the spot. Let's uh, let's do another interview about Last Savannah. I'd love to do an interview about that. Oh, I would. That do. sounds would fascinating. Do. Yeah, it was. I was actually with a group of rangers, and and, and we were hunting the poachers, and it was a very spooky time. Oh, very man. spooky time. And yeah, I'd love to talk with that about about that anytime, Greg. That work would work for you guys. And, that'd and, that'd uh, be fantastic. That'd be fantastic. I'll shoot you an email and we'll put that together. All right. Well, a couple more minutes. And uh, what I want to know, Mike, is uh, uh, what are you all about? What do you like to do? How do you relax? Give me give me a couple sentences here. Okay. Well. <laughs> um, 
I'm I'm a family guy. I've got a wife been married to for 41 years and three grown sons and some grandkids. And I spend a lot of time in the mountains. I spend a lot of time overseas in war zones, uh, Middle East particularly. Uh, I to relax. What do I do? I write books. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. And I play rock guitar. Those are that's really? my and I you know and I climb mountains and and explore places I haven't seen before. How the hell? How old are you, man? 71. Holy Christ. Good for you. That's fantastic. So you yeah. still you still traveling? Oh, all the time. All really? The time. Oh. Yeah. And until a couple of years ago when I badly injured a shoulder uh, in a rock climbing fall, until mm. then I could still pass the Navy SEAL entrance exam. It's 68. I could still pass it. You know? no, no shit. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Oh, God, I got to meet you, man. If you ever Please. get your rear end of Boise, I want to meet you. I really I no, I'm dead serious. Yeah. I, I do. Yeah. I do. You don't ever get over toward Denver, do you? No. no reason to that I can think of when you're in Idaho. No, I <laughs> no man, I don't, I don't, I don't. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, well I would love to do another one with you anytime and, and if I do go visit family in, in, in Boise or or even I love the Pocatello area and, yeah. and I actually uh, one time gave a talk at the university on uh, Utilization of computers to analyze uh, 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 forest resources. Hmm. So I, uh, <clears throat> that was back in the day when all that was starting to be developed. You know. Yeah. But yeah. Uh, wow. I love Idaho. I really do. Yeah. Crazy, crazy. Yeah. All right. Well, listen, folks. Um, interesting guy, isn't he? Uh, Mike Bond. Um, five books under his belt. Latest one, House of Jaguar. And we're going to talk to Mike uh, hopefully in the next thirty days or so about the last Savannah. Mike, it's been a pleasure. Yeah, and if 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 folks want to learn more about the books, <clears throat> please, excuse me, Greg, they, yes. they can just go online to my website, which is mikebondbooks.com, and and all of the books are available in libraries or in books your local bookstore or online, Barnes and Noble, Amazon, all the usual. But I would love to talk again, and my very best to everyone out there in Idaho. You you live in paradise. We do. Thank you very much, Mike. Uh, uh, be safe, and uh, I'll shoot you an email, and we'll chat down the road. Yeah, and I owe you a book, too. You take care. Thank you, sir. Uh, bye-bye. bye-bye. Thank you for the interview. Bye. Absolutely. Bye-bye. <laughs>